The following conversation was recorded at 8020 United Methodist Church, a dinner church in O'Fallon, Missouri. For more information about 8020 United Methodist Church, please visit 80-T-W-E-N-T-Y-C-H-U-R-C-H.org. But there were a couple of days earlier this week that it was really, really, really cold. And um, there was the, the folks that aren't sheltered when it's really, really cold, it's just a, a huge challenge. And I mean, one of the days there were a couple of people, um, we had given a tent to a lady and uh, another guy, and then there was other people too that they were like, okay, if we could just have those like hand warmer things, then my fingers won't freeze and I won't get frost, wake up with frostbite. I mean, so, I mean, it's been cold out there. So there's one day we did a run and delivered these hand and feet warmers so they didn't lose fingers or toes. I mean, it was really, really cold. Um, and I was thinking about um, the urgency. I mean, that's urgent to not want your fingers to get frostbite, you know, and then um, the coldness and the darkness and the lostness um, with, with just people just not knowing where to turn. Um, and I, I was thinking about the urgency of this situation and I was thinking about our, our, our series that we've been doing where like in this metaphor of grace, God is the house. So if God is this warm, cozy house with a fireplace um, that welcomes you and, and has all the love you could ever want or need, and then there are people out there living in literal coldness and darkness and lostness. Um, one lady told me, she's like, I woke up with my hair freezing. And then she said to me, every time she talks to me, she says, I'm just so lost, Amy. I'm just so lost. I'm X amount of years old and I don't know why I'm in this. And I'm so, she keeps saying, I'm so lost. That's the language that she's been using. Um, and it reminded me of Chandler's um, testimony. If you missed her testimony last week, you missed a powerful testimony. It's on um, the uh, <clears throat> podcast, so you can find it on Spotify or Apple, Apple podcast, but she talked about in her life, there were different times when she described just kind of like a literal darkness. You guys remember that? And she was in a parking lot and like lights came on. <laughs> um, and just talked about like when we feel lost from God um, during these times and, and um, with all this lostness, darkness, coldness, deadness, we've talked about how even in far off countries, even if we make our bed on the far side of the sea or in the depths of, of hell, even then when we can't see God or hear God or respond to God because we're spiritually dead, there's provenient grace. So that was the first kind of grace that we talked about. Um, that's out there in a far off country that's taking care of us, that's providing for us, that's sheltering us when we don't know that we, you know, God is doing that for us, that's wooing us home, that's bringing us to God, um, that surrounds us all the time. Chandler, talk, Sarah's talked about that last week. And then I thought about the story of the son from a couple weeks ago who got himself lost. Does anybody remember the story? If you were here a couple weeks ago, um, this, there was a teenage son, I think he's a teenager, um, who told his father he wanted his inheritance early. Like, I don't want to wait till you die. I want you to go ahead and give me my portion of your wealth. And so um, the father graciously 
didn't whoop his behind. He said, yes, I will give you my, sh you know, your share, half of my wealth. And this son went and squandered it in a distant country on wild living, and he hit rock bottom. And when he was so hungry, he realized um, that he was, he even wanted to eat the food that he was feeding to the pigs. So I'm catching us up. So there was a son who was just in such a desperate situation. Um, he wanted to even eat the food that um, the pigs were eating. And that reminds me of like the far offness, the, the lostness, the darkness, the coldness. I mean, that was where the sun was too. So all these things are coming together in my mind. And then if that's what God is doing when we're way out there, today I want us to ask the question, okay, so how do we get in the door of this house that is God. I mean, it's great that God doesn't abandon us, that God's help and presence is with us, making us able to get to each new day, guiding us home, but how do we get home? How do we get in the door? When are we truly safe in God's arms of salvation, of wholeness, of redemption? Is there like a point at which we cross a threshold into a door? And if, if uh, we follow John Wesley's soteriology, um, we would call that justifying grace, that that is the door to this house that is God. Another way to ask this question is really simply put, what is salvation, right? Now, um, there's a million ways to answer that question. There are some people who will tell you that salvation is praying a sinner's prayer and then waiting until you die to go to heaven. That's what a lot of people tell you. That, that's what I was sort of taught as a child. Um, I don't know if anybody else has been taught things like that. Now, at 80-20, as always, you're free to disagree or agree with whatever is set up here. We like to say, take what helps you become a more faithful follower of Jesus, leave the rest. But I believe that salvation is so much fuller, richer, deeper, and multifaceted um, than just that and then waiting until we die to go to heaven. Uh, when we pray the Lord's Prayer, we ask for our daily bread now, today. And that's something physical, right? And when we pray the Lord's Prayer, we ask for God's kingdom, not just to wait until we die to enter God's kingdom, we ask for God's kingdom to come to where we are now, here on earth, right now, right here. And we also ask that God would protect us from the evil one right here, and right now. So the perplexing question of this path of salvation and wholeness here and now, and I think about the physical needs and the spiritual needs and how all of that's overlapping all the time. God's coming to bring wholeness to it all. So let's go back to the wild teenage son. He's sitting in the pig pen and the scripture said he comes to his senses. What is that? How does that happen? When we're spiritually dead and cold and unresponsive to the spirit of God, how do we come to our senses? That is in and of itself a miraculous gift of grace to come to your senses. I've known a lot of people who've been at their rock bottom or what I thought could or should have been their rock bottom and they don't come to their senses. <laughs> Not yet anyway. So when he's sitting in this pig pen, um, he comes to his senses and 
it's like when his best thinking landed him there in a pig pen, he couldn't do that on his own, right? That had to be a gift of God. When our best thinking lands us in a pig pen or a prison cell or a ditch, or maybe our life looks great from the outside, but our best thinking lands us in agonizing internal loneliness or emptiness to come to our senses is a, a, a really beautiful gift of grace. And it's none other than the Holy Spirit offering us a chance, another chance, more grace, whispering truth to us, opening our poor pitiful eyes that we couldn't do on our own. And this son, this is what I think is interesting. He actually knows the way home. He's the one who deviated from the house in the first place and went out to, he knows how to get home. But the miracle is in coming to his senses, he realizes that he actually wants to go home. Have you ever been there? Where suddenly you realize, wait, I actually want you, God. <laughs> he misses home, he misses the father, and as he's sitting there, he realizes even the, the lowliest of servants in his father's household that they were a thousand times better cared for and it would be a thousand times better for him than being his own boss out in the world. And, and there's a psalm that, that where the psalmist comes to a similar realization, Psalm 84, and it begins like this. How lovely is your dwelling place, Lord Almighty. My soul yearns, even faints, for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. And I want you to stay on that slide for just a second. This is coming from a person who's spiritually waking up and alive, right? This doesn't come from a spiritually dead person. My heart and my flesh are crying out for the living God. I want to be where you are, O oh Lord. And I sometimes, you know, I invite you to look at this and I want you to ask yourself, if, does this match my desires? Like, how spiritually alive am I right now? Is your soul yearning, fainting, so eager to be in the presence of God. And then the psalm ends like this. The psalmist says, because better is one day, 24 hours, with you in your house, in your courts, O oh Lord, than a thousand days elsewhere. And I think of the sun sitting out there in the pig pen. It's better than a thousand days out here. I just want one more day in that warm, cozy place with my father. And then he comes, it's the similar realization. I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than be my own boss and then dwell in the tents of the wicked, right? So the sun is woken up. If you like the zombie metaphor, <laughs> he was walking around physically alive, spiritually dead, but now he's spiritually waking up. God's bringing him home. God's grace is working on him, and as he's on the journey home, he begins practicing what he's gonna say when he sees his dad. He begins like rehearsing it. 
like, oh, Father, I've sinned against you. No, no, no. Okay, I've sinned against heaven, and, and I've sinned against you. And he keeps practicing, and he says, I am not worthy to be called your son. That's how he feels anyway. And he's, he's saying, okay, maybe I'll ask him, make me like one of your hired servants. And he's walking home, and as he's got raggedy rags on and no shoes anymore, because he's really got a rough time. And the story says, as the son was walking, as he was a long way off, that the father saw him. You know what that tells me? That the father is standing there watching and waiting for his son, perched somewhere on like a second floor balcony maybe so he can see him a long way off, like straining his eyes so when the son turns the corner, he sees him still a long way off. He wants to see his son back home. This is the father who was so rudely treated, right? This is the one the son dishonored, rebelled against, took part of his wealth and actually squandered it. This father was waiting and watching, and it said when he sees the son a long way off, it said, first of all, he was filled with compassion. That word in the Greek um, is like moved, and it's, it's a stomach thing, because it's very, it's, it's like moved to the bowels. <laughs> Not that there's something wrong with the bowels, but like, he, I feel it in my gut, this compassion for my son. And it says he did something totally undignified for the head of a household in this day. He ran to him. Can you imagine, like, Achy back, achy knees, old distinguished man is overcome with such love, such compassion, so eager to have his son home safely that he runs the stretch to greet him um, with how far he is. And when he reaches him, it says he throws his arms around him and kisses him. And the son only gets part of the speech out. Father, I've sinned against heaven and against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father's jumping up and down, tears streaming down his face, I'm imagining. And he's hollering out to his servants, like, hey, quick, you guys, get him some nice clothes to wear. Look, and, and he needs sandals for his feet. You Can you run and get him? This is my son. And then he said, remember that calf that we've been fattening up for the holidays? I don't care. Let's, 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 let's have that early because let's have a huge celebration because he says, my son who was dead is alive again. My son who was lost has been found, and they celebrated. It's such a beautiful picture of this walking through the door, isn't it, of salvation? It's a story that Jesus tells. Now, it's funny, in this story in my Bible, it's called the parable of the lost son. Is that what it's called in yours, too? I don't know. Those are, those are like made-up kind of titles to help guide the reader, right? They weren't in the original. Um, because through a Western lens, we often read... Um, stories of scripture and we say, well, how, what does this tell me about me, right? But from the ancient Jewish perspective, they often read, and from a Middle Eastern lens, they read stories of scripture and instead of focusing on what do, what do I learn about me, they focus on what does this tell me about God? 
And so very, very early, this was not called the story of the lost son. This was called the story of the running father. Because that was really, really unusual that this father would run to the son. This beautiful redemption story told by Jesus and how God is searching for us. Eyes are straining. God's grace is caring for us, helping us come to our senses. And when we do and we finally start the path back home, man, God is so excited. Like for your friend. Amen. And this has to do with me and you too. So if you can uh, go back to the house picture, we, you know, if, if we're coming through the door, first, um, coming to our senses really helps. I don't know that that was always a prerequisite or necessary, but I like that in this story where he suddenly realizes, okay, I am going to turn back to God. Right, like he makes a conscious decision. And that's a, a gift of God in the first place. When you realize you've been headed the wrong direction, when the Holy Spirit convicts you of sin, that the decisions that landed you in a pit, when you started to have the faintest inkling of maybe I should turn around and go back home. That's our part. That's so simple. That's it, though. Like it can be uh, expressed a hundred different ways. Maybe like, God, I'm coming back home. Maybe the person says, you know, um, God, I'm sorry for where I've been and for what I've done. Maybe just, here I am, Lord, the good, bad, and the ugly, here I come, here, here I am. I don't know what that looks like, but there's something in the spiritual realm that happens, actually happens, it's real. When we do that, kind of turning around and going back home and we decide like, okay, God, I'm done with that. I'm coming home to you. Um, there are chains being thrown off. There's being awakened from the dead, lost and then found. Everyone's experience is unique, but I believe something real happens and it unleashes the love and the grace of God all over us. And really, with the cross, there's a cross by the door. Jesus is the one who ran to us humans when we were hopelessly lost and couldn't save ourselves. And Jesus gave his entire self, emptied himself on the cross of everything he had but love. And that is what justifies us. God's not impressed with our righteousness, not because we ran to God, but because God ran to us. Jesus, grace, justifies us. So like, if that son would have come home and would have said, you know what, Father, I, I did pretty good. Like, I, I managed my money pretty well for the first few years and, and tried to justify himself. And then, well, then this happened. And then, I, you know, that's not what gets you through the door. <laughs> you know? Or if the son would have, you know, tried to use his talent or his intellect or his you know, faithfulness or anything, that doesn't get you through the door. It truly is just a 100%. Here I am, and Jesus says, I got you. He puts his arm around you and brings you through the door. So we think sometimes that that's the end, but it's really just the beginning. So next week we're going to talk about sanctifying grace. 
Um, but it's a powerful story. And uh, I'm going to kind of go get the kids and, um, and get communion stuff ready. I didn't have a, oh. So if you just want to just take just a second and go ahead and just kind of share responses, um, thoughts that are rolling around about the story, then um, I will be back and get the kids. <laughs> 